As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. It's Hogan Johns. What do you want the expectations to be for 2023? To get better. Hey, I want to get better. To get better. To continue to bring guys in that can, we can continue to, we need to win more games. So some of those tight games I want to finish. I want to finish better. The expectation is to take that next step. I want to stair-step this thing to the to the top and then stay up there as absolutely long as possible. What's up? Welcome in. Hogue and Johns with you after what I got to say, Johnsy. Probably the uh, least eventful, most drama-free end-of-season press conference that we've seen in quite some time. Like it had some 2015 like vibes, right? Like yeah. first year of Ryan Pace, John Fox. But even then like it was like what's next with Jay Cutler, right? That was kind of hanging over. You know what the comp was? was I think I think it was the end of 2016. Which is like, okay, the foundations in place. Um, you cleared out all, you've had two years now to clear out all the crap and now you have the number three overall pick in the draft. What are you going to do with it? Ryan Pace getting up there being like, we're never going to be in this position ever, ever again. Um, but they still had Cutler. No, then that's, they cut him later. They cut him later, but you can kind of see it coming. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah. It's, it's, um, it, it's it was an interesting press conference. I think it was mostly good, and we got some answers, but still some things to discuss here, which is why we're here on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. hold on, let me. I, I, it's the last. It's not a beer. It's oh, RC why not? Adam Hogue. Oh, which you stole like from Halas Hall because <laughs> there's no way you bought. I don't know that. where else to get them. I don't know where else to get them. <laughs> you you stole that from Halas Hall. Yeah. I'm not ordering a pizza tonight, so I can't get my my free liter of RC. So let's let's break down this Bears post game, whatever postseason press conference with some RC, Adam. Okay, <laughs> it's only fitting. Hey, I feel like this whole season started with that RC cola bit. So and I need some caffeine. That yeah. too. Okay. Um, should we start with the quarterback? Of course. Okay, so we got some audio here um, that our producer Kent put together. By the way, follow us on Twitter. Read us. The Athletics got you covered. All types of coverage. 
All CHGO's got you covered, all types of coverage. My newsletter's coming out in the morning, which will have a, a bunch of stuff on this too. So make sure you're set up with all that. But um, let's hear Ryan Poles on Justin Fields, and we'll react to that first. But do, you plan on, do you plan on Justin Fields being your starting quarterback next year? Yeah, we had good conversations. Um, I'm excited for the direction he's going. And as I mentioned before, he knows where he has to improve. I think you mentioned that the other day. Um, so we're excited about his development and where he goes next. He showed ability to be impactful with his legs. There's flashes with his arm. Now if we can put that together, I think we have something really good. Because you have the first pick, there are people that sit there go, oh, the quarterback might be available there. You're saying Justin's your guy. Well, we're going to do the same as we've always done. We're going to evaluate the draft class. And I would say this, I'd have to be absolutely blown away to make that type of decision. Ryan, specifically, do you want to see Justin Fields get better as, as, a, as a passer? Yeah, just um, as a passer, just for things to slow down um, mentally and then be able to react and anticipate quicker. Um, obviously, with that, we also have to continue to build around him so that he can do that. Uh, consistently as well. What did you learn about him just watching him kind of develop as that leader of this offense? Yeah, resilient. Uh, a guy that has um, ownership, he has growth mindset, the amount of time that he put in with the coaches to continue to get better. The guy is hungry to be successful in this football, in this league. As you saw Justin progress during the season, did you at any point regret that you hadn't put better pieces around him? Um, no, I thought we used the resources that we had to the best of our ability um, based on what was there. I think that's kind of what I go back to in terms of making sound decisions. And that's hard. I wish I wish it was a perfect scenario where you could just clean up everything and be good. So I thought we made solid, sound decisions to do that. Um, yeah, I wish it was it was perfect across the board to give them so it was clean uh, as much as possible. But it just doesn't always happen that way. But again, now looking at where we can go Currently, we have flexibility to do a little bit more. Now the second piece is, uh, like Brad said, like what's, what talent's there for us to bring in and can it help move the needle to help everybody get better? You're excited to see where he's going. Was there a moment for you when you said, oh, wow, this is something where now I'm, I am really excited? Was there a specific moment that started that for you? Yeah, well, it was like midseason when he really started to go off um, with his legs, create explosion, uh, explosive plays. You know, you think of plays like um, – the shot to Mooney, the shot to Pettis in the corner of the end zone, I think that was Washington. Uh, those deep ball throws that we know he can make, now it's just closing in the gap and being consistent with it. And again, I know the beautiful thing about football is we can't point at one, you can never point at one person and be like, it's his fault. No, it's a collective where everything's got to work together. So I know, and we know, if we continue to grow this football team, bring in a lot of really good players, that everyone's going to get better collectively. Ryan, Ryan, with, Ryan with, with, when you have the, the top-ranked rushing offense in the NFL, the 32nd-ranked passing offense, what, through your lens, do you see in terms of that and, and the need for, to, to rectify that or, or find more balance? Yeah, I think a little bit, too. I think it's like chemistry, just working with the group around him. Uh, I noticed like through the season, the guys that he had the most time with in the offseason, that, tra that transferred into the season. I think that's why Cole had a hell of a year. Um, so that chemistry, building that chemistry is big. And then just letting the game slow down to him. Everything's new. This, this offense was new for, and you've seen everything for the first time. So uh, time on task, I think is going to help. You know, I, I thought that that answer to Jason's question about, like, do you regret not putting more around him was, was very telling because it was like, no, we pretty much did everything we could with what we had this year. And, 
now is it now now it's go time. Now it's with all these resources we have, now we can do that. And it's just it's kind of refreshing to hear the honesty too. Um now some might quibble that uh, could you have signed this guy and, and maybe, but I, I, I don't know. I think that, that that was a very interesting answer. Well, yeah, the critics will say the salary cap is always fluid and whatnot, but when you had a record setting amount of dead money more dead money contracts than actually active salary contracts in your books, it's going to be different. You want to set yourself up for something different in the future, which is now 2023, where the Bears have the most salary cap space. I agree with you. I I appreciated his candor and, and just how he like saw the season like the rest of us. Everybody yeah. saw Justin Fields like be this explosive playmaker. A lot of that came with his legs. He acknowledged that there were flashes with his arm. We've been pretty consistent with that. We all saw the flashes. We still see the arm talent, but we all know he's got to get better as a passer. We also know the help needs to get better. He acknowledged that as well. He had his limitations last year, um, obviously, because of what was left to him, and now it's different. So I like that he saw the season like the most of us. Yeah. That's why I kind of asked him that question, too, about did you expect to win more games? Because it's like, okay, it seems like we could talk freely here. Everyone understands what you're doing. Everybody around the league understands what you're doing. You're ripping this thing down. Did you expect to win more games? He kind of walked around that a little bit. But I think if you combine what he had to say about how he wants to win and wanted to win some of those close games with some of the things that you've said throughout the season in the press box about reactions to <laughs> plays oh, all that have happened sorts of fired up yeah i i think that they i think they're i think they're surprised that they have the number one overall pick don't you yeah like you said like plan to lose this much i don't know if they plan to win this much they expected or let's say they definitely hoped to to win more like i i point to those games that well Polls kind of highlighted them. Um, Justin Fields mentioned the games in the middle of the year where they scored more than 30 points or were close to that. Like, those were all close games that the offense had them in. The Washington game wasn't high scoring, but that was there to be won. The Dolphins game was very high scoring, there to be won. The Lions game, there to be won. Falcons game, there to be won. Like, the the storyline of Justin Fields in the offense, learning how to finish games, like doesn't become a storyline if they're not in games. They were in right. games. But there they are. They, were the, they have the number one yeah, pick when, when it was all said and done. So here's what Ryan Poles had to say about that, acquiring the first overall pick in the NFL draft. How pivotal is this opportunity this offseason? Is this what you've been waiting for for the past year as you've been doing cleanup and teardown, and now you have the chance to really do what you want? I'd say the approach is, is the same. Uh, we're going to evaluate the players. We're going to put them in certain value buckets, and then we're going to attack it and get as many good players in here as possible. I don't think, you know, I think you make a mistake and say, this is this is it. Like, this is the, no, we're going to approach it the same and be consistent so that we make sound decisions. What kind of leverage do you view yourself in right now, knowing the offers you could field this year and potentially garnering more draft capital? Yeah, I think it goes back to what I said about flexibility. I think we can evaluate the talent there. Uh, we can see what player presents himself in that position to help us. And then we can also look at the scenarios. You know, if the phones go off and then there's certain situations where we think that can help us, then we'll go down that, that avenue too. So 
Um, I think we have really good flexibility to help this team, regardless if it's making the pick there or moving back a little bit or moving back a lot. We'll be open-minded about everything. Were you watching and hoping for for Houston that day? I mean, like, how did it all go down? I knew this. Yeah, I knew the scenario, but I had no after the game that it was on, you know, a TV, I think upstairs or that they switched to it when I left the box. But at that point, I just wanted to spend time with the players after the game and tell much I appreciate everything that they put into the season. What do you look at as the priority? What's the thing that you say, this is this is the number one problem we need to fix? Um, it's hard to identify that right now, but I always go back to the premium positions. We're always going to look at, um, you know, pass rushers. We're going to look at uh, offensive linemen, uh, corners. Uh, so that's where we're always going to start and see if can we win, can we play winning football with those premium positions, and then we move from there. Is that, is that the order? I mean, that's usually the order for a team is quarterback, pass rusher, yep. left tackle, stuff like that. So, so I mean, pass rusher, if you're good with Justin, then pass rusher is the number one thing. Uh, it's hard to say in order. That's something that we're going to reflect on and see what that priority looks like. Um, we actually go through with our staff and we'll, we'll rank those. So, um, but I always start with the premium positions and see, you know. Are we good enough in those, and then move from there? In free agency, yep. coming up in March, it looked like a good group, middle of the road. It, I mean, I'm sure you kind of eyeballed who could potentially be out there, understanding some guys probably don't make it to marketplace. Right. So we um, we went through a first phase with a couple positions um, to kind of see how it stacked up and eyeballed. Um, we are starting next week where we sit just same situation as this draft room where we go position by position. So it's hard to tell right now how deep it is in different areas. Um, but I guess that's, that's something we'll find out here next week when we kind of finish all the way across. How about John Greenberg of The Athletic just calling Ryan Poles a liar to his face? I don't mean to be laughing, but come on, John. <laughs> I, so I actually the, believe Ryan Poles. Like he, he probably went out of his way not to watch it. I'll be yeah, honest. Yeah. So like this was a response that's the read I have on Poles. Yeah. Yeah. He, so him saying that like he knew the Texans game was going on, but he wasn't really wasn't paying attention to it. John followed up the last question of the press conference. I don't think anyone in here believes you. <laughs> He's like, no, really, I. Really was a pain. I actually believe him too. I, yeah, so, so so do I. There's like no reason to to lie about it. He actually acknowledged it came out in his box as, as he was leaving late in the game because the broadcast itself yeah. changed like across the board nationally. It, it went from Bears Vikings to, to Colts Texans because everybody was watching it. Yeah. Um. I, I feel like should we make bold predictions right now on what happens with this number one pick? On January 10th, you want to do this? I feel well, good about my bold predictions, though. I'm hot. Yeah, you're hot with one. Congratulations on in week 18 getting no, your it, Cole It was Komet. the other predictions, too. It was calling out the whole scenario of Bears losing, Texans winning, Seahawks winning, Lions ending the Packers season. I feel real good about my bold predictions. So if you're listening, get ready. Go ahead. This what is, do you got? This is I think the Bears trade out. And I think it happens a few weeks out before the draft. I don't think it's a draft night trade. I think it's one of these trades we've seen in recent years, whether it was the 49ers moving up, whether it was the Jared Goff trade that happened. It happened prior to the draft. Yeah, the Jared Goff trade happened two weeks, two and a half weeks before the actual draft. Yeah. 
I think that's what happens. I think it's a mid-April after free agency, after we know where the Bears have spent some money, whether that's on the three technique, whether it's on the edge rusher, whether it's on the O-line. Once they see how the quarterback market plays out, there's a lot of questions out there. There's a lot of moving pieces. What happens with Aaron Rodgers? Where's he playing? Where's Tom Brady playing? Derek Carr. You know, where's Derek Carr? I mean, they, they could that could really affect things. But I think ultimately they move back to two or they move back to four. And then on draft night, there's the possibility they trade back even more or do they sit pat and land on their guy? I, th- I think that's ultimately, if I had to guess right now on January 10th, how I think it plays out. There are two teams like I really like in this trade back scenario. Like we can have fun with the the Houston Texans with the whole Mitch Trubisky comparisons. If teams are calling the Texans about their pick, maybe they have to move up to get the quarterback they want. Right? Like you can have fun with that. I get that. I, Sorry, I, I'm going to move out of the sun. By the way. Oh, you're having the issues that I have. While, while you're talking, I'm just going to switch now. seats oh, here. Oh, crotch shot for watching. We, we oh, that. hey, you know, we don't need that on YouTube. Here. Sorry about that. You know, we got our number one balloon behind me still. The, the usual way, I'm not going to describe what was just seen. But anyway, back to the Mitch Trubisky comparison. Kent, Kent can blur that out on, uh, <laughs> on the post edit. Kent, thanks, Kent. Um, we can have fun with the Trubisky comparisons because the Texans are the Texans and they lost the first overall pick. Um, and maybe they'll fall in love with a certain quarterback and teams will start calling them. But you look at the Colts at number four. You have an owner who is fed up with veteran quarterbacks. Go go read this outstanding feature by Zach Kiefer on what happened with the Colts. And there is a a couple paragraphs in there about Jim Ursay just being done with the veteran quarterback route. And then today, the same day that Poles and Eberflus talked, you had Chris Ballard saying that he would – Move a lot of things now if he felt compelled to go for that quarterback, like if he believed in it. I feel like that's going to happen. Ballard may not be fully in, but he's going to be pushed in by his owner. Okay? Uh, The other team is number nine, the Panthers. They've also gone through the veteran quarterback route, the trade route, and now you have a situation where I think that owner is ready to, I don't want to say force the issue, but... Be excited about a younger quarterback for their team other than some retread. And they got a lot of draft capital, Adam Hogue, because of the Christian McCaffrey trade. A lot of draft capital that can help make that move. Rich, desperate owners who are used to getting everything they want in life can be um, something you might want to take advantage of in this situation is what I'm getting at. And... Look, there's different co- look all these owners are rich, right? But there's a difference between these guys who are outside of football, like actual billionaires, right? That they live they live they live life differently than the McCaskies do, for instance. Just you know, bring it locally. I I, I think that you name two teams there with the Colts and Panthers who definitely fall in that situation right now. And the Panthers too, like if you're David Tepper, you got to be like we were sitting right damn there. We could have had Justin Fields. And instead, we drafted J.C. Horn. Like, what What are we doing? Can't screw that up again. So, yeah. 
I, I personally wouldn't. I want to be careful about if I'm Ryan Poles. I want to be careful about how far back I'm moving. Because, and I talked about this on the CHGO show yesterday. If you go back and track like the number one overall picks or non QB picks, the, whoever the first selection is that's not a quarterback since at least 2017, they rarely bust out, Johns. Like these guys are usually generational building blocks. You start get down to that second, third, fourth guy. That's not a quarterback drafted. That's where you start get to run into like the Cleveland Farrells of the world, and that's well, also the Raiders, who are also another option for this trade. True, but my point is, usually the number one overall pick that's not a quarterback is a lock, is a stud. Yeah, yeah. and and I, and I just think yes, trading back is great. Adding more draft capital is great, but make sure you get out of this thing too with a real last football player. So here's my bold prediction. It's going to be the Colts. I can already hear the the press conferences about having a great la- relationship between Ryan Poles or how a great relationship between Ryan Poles and Chris Ballard facilitated this trade. Mm-hmm. Right? You could just already hear it come to fruition. And you're right. If you're Ryan Poles, you don't want to move back too far. You want a shot at Jalen Carter, Will Anderson, or the top offensive tackle on your board. And you get that at number four. You might not get that at number nine. Yeah. Someday there's going to be a book written about the end of that Texans indie game. <laughs> at least a just very long athletic feature. Just like think about the different chapters it could be. I mean, one, it's Colts leapfrog Texans for the quarterback. It, Texans go into like another decade of despair or something. Um, I mean, think about it like if it was like the Manning ryan leaf year and that was the difference like you got the number one pick because lovey smith knew he was getting fired that's a whole nother chapter what happens to lovey what i would say you did it to yourself texans (laughs) well right you did did it all to yourself not not forget forget like it's 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 a whole assembly of errors that led to that point beyond just putting lovey smith in this situation because good for lovey smith good for going right away like, if you're the Texans, you either got to fire Lovey with three weeks to go or at least make him seem like he's safe. I mean, come on. He had no incentive to lose that game. None. No incentive to lose that game. None. None. I can't wait to see the fallout of that whole thing. It's still incredible that it happened. I mean, if you're watching that game, and incredible for the Bears, but also possibly incredible for the Colts because otherwise they would have no chance to leapfrog the Texans. So, um, thanks to Jeff Saturday, I guess. <laughs> what a oh, weird situation man. that is. Yeah. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card.
And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. If you're like me, you believe there needs to be more stylish, functional, business, casual menswear that is both high quality and durable that can withstand your day. I'm talking about maybe hanging out in the press box, watching the game later with your friends, maybe getting a quick nine holes in. That's why men's closets were due for a radical reinvention, and Roan stepped up to the challenge. Roan's commuter collection is the most comfortable, breathable, and truly versatile set of products known to man. They have products for every occasion. We're talking about the world's most comfortable pants, dress shirts, quarter zips, polos, and blazers. They look great as individual pieces, maybe with a Hogan John's polo or quarter zip, but they also work seamlessly together. Rowan's signature four-way stretch fabric is breathable, flexible, and works everywhere from your commute to work to the 19th hole. It's time for unparalleled confidence without all the hassle. Rowan's commuter collection features wrinkle-release technology and is 100% machine washable. Looking good is that easy. The commuter collection can get you through any workday and straight into whatever comes next. Head to roan.com slash Adam and use promo code Adam to save 20% off your entire order. That's 20% off your entire order when you head to rhone.com slash Adam and use code Adam. It's time to find your corner office comfort. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right, um, let's talk about what Ryan Poles had to say about the offensive line, and there's some stuff in here about Braxton Jones as well. How do you evaluate the production, the effort, the play you got from yeah. your O-line this season? Yeah, I thought, you know, I'll start with the positives. The run game stuff was outstanding. I thought they did a good job. I thought um, I had talked about earlier about putting guys in position to succeed. I thought Tevin was successful moving a guard. Uh, that was fun to see him go through that. Um, but as a, a unit, I thought the run game was really good. Um, but we have to get better in pass pro. They all know that, um, and they're up for the challenge. And we got to continue for those that aren't here. We got to continue to bring in players that can help us do that. Right. Going off that, going off that, who do you think you found on the offensive line that are starters going forward? Who do you think you need upgrades? Yeah. So we're working through that. We're going to get with you know the offensive coaches and kind of go through the rankings and talk about future. Um, you know, I'll start. I mean, I was proud of Braxton. He's got a long ways to go to to reach his ceiling. Um, but for his path, and if you look at a lot of, not many people look at the schedule for a player who, you know, goes into the offseason, Senior Bowl, Combine, comes in as a fifth round pick, battles through camp, gets a spot, and then plays every single snap through the season. That's an accomplishment right there. That tells me he's wired right. He's got mental toughness. Uh, rode the ups and downs. Um, so I'm hoping that he continues to work on his body, his technique, and, and that's someone that we can play with and be successful with for a while. 
I mean, I don't know if that means he's the left tackle going forward, but it certainly sounds like Braxton Jones is a high likelihood of being a starter on this offensive line next season. Um, and I think he really made some good points about just the grind that yeah. these, these rookies go through. It applies to all rookies, but I think especially for someone to deliver the way he did at left freaking tackle in the NFL and play every snap. He's the only guy on offense that played every snap this year. Yeah. That's an accomplishment. That's like an Iron Man streak that that in the NFL is it, it matters, especially on the offensive line. Before week one, remember the matchup stories? Nick Bosa versus Braxton Jones. Yeah. He held his own. He gave uh, according to according to true media, he gave up seven sacks this year. The pressure numbers are obviously evident, but if you talk to Braxton Jones in the locker room on Monday, you know he's got to get better. He told you himself. He's got to get stronger. He's got to work on the, on the bull rush. Some of that is his, his current strength, but I think the Bears have something there. At least they believe they have something there. Now, whether that's at left tackle or right tackle remains to be seen, but yeah, it, it does sound like Changes are coming. Only two offensive linemen named, or th- three if you count Riley Reef, but I- I'm not sure. He doesn't have a long-term future, let's be honest, just in terms of like the young guys. It's Tevin Jenkins and Braxton Jones. Those two guys probably feel a lot better about their standing than some of the other guys in that offensive line room right now. Well, someone else the Bears have to make a decision on is David Montgomery. I love this answer from Ryan Poles today when asked about the idea of bringing David Montgomery, who's going to be a free agent. Does he want to bring him back? Ryan, Ryan David Montgomery, I know he's a free agent. Can he do enough this year for you to want to keep him in the fold here? I've always wanted to keep David. I, I love his mentality, how he plays the game. I told him that to his face, and it comes from uh, – I mean, I, he's part of the identity that we had this year that kept us competitive. Um, now, the second part of that is just the, the contract situation. Uh, that's something that we'll see how that goes and if we can find common ground. I've, obviously, I've learned that you can want a player and, and it, the value's got to come together um, for it to happen. But right. I, I love the way that he attacked this season. Like That's that's a guy that does everything right. I and mean, You all watched his tenacity, his fight. Like He... Um, I'm a big David Montgomery fan. Love that answer because that's exact. That's kind of what I expected to hear from them. I think they like him a lot. I think the way I think they like that tandem they have with Khalil Herbert. And to me, it's like why create another problem? You look at the number of first downs this guy picked up for you, the dirty yards I call them, important yards, the way he always falls forward. There is to me, there's a bigger value in that even at the running back position than people realize. And I just think they're going to come to common ground here. If he was, if this was a dry running back market and he was at the top, I'd be a little worried that maybe some team swoops in and overpays him. I, this is one of those situations to me, Johns, where he he has more value to the Bears than any other team. And, and I I just I don't think it's really even going to cost them that much to keep him. You almost wonder if he'd entertain a one or two year deal just to see this through a little bit longer. Because if if you listen to David Montgomery Monday at Alice Hall or 25, 24 hours before that, 25, 24 hours before that at at Soldier Field, um, he wants to be here. He loves his time here. 
He doesn't want it to, to end. What I liked what Paul said about him, it's the the identity, like how he fits the identity, the, the nastiness, the dominance, the, the brute force, the type of will the Bears want to play offensively. You saw that come to fruition in the run game. Tevin Jenkins was a part of that. Herbert was a part of that. Fields was even a part of that. But David Montgomery might be the the engine of that. Yeah, and I get the scheme concerns. I think he answered the scheme concerns. He was still really effective this year, even if the... I'd say there's more there because we know he could be a better receiver as well. True. To, to me, it, it almost bothers me a little bit when people... Like, yeah, Khalil Herbert had more yards per carry, though. If you look at the way they were used this year, like they were asking Khalil Herbert to pick up the bigger chunk yards. They were asking to have Montgomery to get the, the the short yardage yards, if that makes sense. Like they go to him in those short yardage situations where they have to get the first down, where they have to just get the ball a yard and a half forward. Um, whereas they like both and they want both here. <laughs> Yeah, that's why I, I guess that's Simple what I'm getting that. at. They don't and have I think, to pick one; they can pick both. Like they just—they were one of the best rushing teams in football this year, and they have a chance to keep them both for relatively cheap, while making yeah. the offensive line well, even Herbert's, better. Yeah, Herbert's got. Two why wouldn't you do that? Deal. Yes, yes, it makes too much sense. Yeah. Also, I think it matters that I don't know that you got out of this season thinking Tristan Ebner can do what David Montgomery was giving you. No. That like that could have changed the equation for me. If you if you knew that that running back you drafted this year, and sure you can maybe draft another one, but I don't know. I just think it's going to come together. Where if you, let me ask you this: nine million a year, regardless of the length of it, like two years, that- two years, uh, two years, fifteen million. You know what the Bears have the room. Yeah, if you believe. If you believe he's such an important part of your identity, you could pay him a little bit more to keep him here and keep him happy. Because that's what that, that, that hard work's not going to go away. I think he'll even give you more, in a sense, because that's who David Montgomery is. And no, Ebner didn't show. He doesn't run like David Montgomery. It's no. as simple as that. It's not and, the same and, style. It's and, not the same demeanor. It's just he doesn't different. pass protect like that. Who are you going to replace him with? That's my question. Another draft pick? Cool. Why don't you use that draft pick on another position at need, though? Why create another need? You got a lot of needs. Yeah. Um, all right. Chase Claypool. Speaking of needs. Speaking of using draft picks on needs. Um, ask straight up in so many words. Uh, what What's up with that trade you made, man? And how it really doesn't seem to be working. Here's what Ryan Poles had to say about Claypool. Right. Your evaluation of Claypool. We had 14 catches in seven games. I think a lot of people are joining him. We were receiving for a lot of people. Thought he would have a lot yeah, that's that's a, a good point. You know, I think that's the difference between like trades in baseball and, and, and basketball. It's like plug and play. There's an entire off season and half of a season of installs and all the things that you need to do collectively to play and, and execute offensive play. Um, on top of that, it was a little bit choppy with some of it, Justin getting dinged up. Um, he got dinged up. 
Uh, so it was a little bit choppy of a start. I don't. I told Chase, and we had a really good conversation. I'm not blinking at that one at all. I think he's going to help us moving forward, and I'm excited about it. Knowing that he'd be coming up for an extension uh, this offseason, this doesn't change your opinion at all. You're the same mindset you were when you acquired him. I think you know if with health, with uh, Justin being out for a little bit. Um, your expectation, I told him, like, yeah, I wish, I wish he came in, he had a thousand yards, and we just were going, but it didn't happen that way. But do I believe in the talent and what he can bring to this team? I do. Um, and I still think we're going to get that. In terms of the, the contract stuff, to me, we just got to take the next step and see how he gets implemented and how he does in this offseason. He's going to spend a lot of time with Justin as well as the other receivers and build that chemistry, and we'll be able to evaluate that even clearer next year. He's not getting that contract extension right away. I think it's the translation there. No, no. And that was another way of and saying we need okay. to see it. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think it would be crazy to, to give it to him now. If there's one player, like coming out of that press conference, if there's one player who's getting that contract extension, it's his former Notre Dame teammate, Cole Komet. Yeah. The one player named by name when asked, when Ryan Poles was asked, like, who are your blue chip players? And that was Cole Komet who had – what, seven touchdowns this year? Eight touchdowns this year became a uh, a darn good tight end. Leave it at that. Productive. But I always looked at the Claypool trade as like a 2023 move. Whether it's free agency class and not wanting to play pay some of those receivers in in play for for twenty twenty three or the receiver class, you know, in the draft. It's just not the same as it was in previous years. It was a long-term move, and I actually think, you know, all the things that happened this year, Fields getting hurt, Claypool getting hurt, you know, a lot of in and out with the offense. I think that kind of helps the Bears here in this instance because they don't have to pay Claypool. Like, his side doesn't have an argument for an extension. He has to go out next year and prove it. Go get it. You have a motivated player in that sense. Now, the other wide receiver that I feel like has almost gotten forgotten about here since he got hurt is Darnell Mooney. Um, there seemed to be a little bit of hesitation on whether or not he'd be ready for the spring. What, what, what did you take from the update we got on Darnell Mooney where it was like polls kind of reverted to Flus, and then Flus was like, I think he'll be ready by the spring. But um, that was interesting. You know, part of, part of me thought it was just consistent with how Flus has addressed injuries. Yeah. Even after the season, doesn't want to give much clarity on him, or maybe he just forgot, didn't have it in his notes. Spring sounds fine. It's a couple months away. He's got the summer. It's better than saying the summer, right? It's, right. It sounds like he'll be ready for training camp. And really, most of the time, that's all that matters. Yeah. So... um Obviously, Mooney, Claypool, part of this thing going forward. Who else they add? Obviously, we'll continue to talk about that going forward. Um, last thing I want to hit on, news broke between the press conference and us doing this podcast that Roquan Smith got his money, got his $100 million, top paid linebacker, $200 million a year, $200 million a year. That'd be a huge contract. $20 million a year. What's your reaction? Uh, he was never going to get that with the Bears. I want to start with that. Good for him. I'm never upset when a player gets outstanding money. This is a violent sport. Their careers are short. They put a lot of things on the line, physically, mentally, 
and good for him. He's earned it, or he's always believed he's earned it, but in terms of the Bears, the fit didn't seem right. Having him be his own agent for a first-year GM didn't see right, seem right. He wasn't going to get that type of deal here. What do you say, though, to the idea that, well, the Ravens are a good organization. They could work it out with them, and the Bears don't. Understandably so, the Bears don't have that same credibility. I mean, it kind of seems like a fair criticism. Well, if it worked out for the Ravens, why couldn't it have worked out for the Bears? I think he just joined the defense that he fits better. Which is right? also fair. Yeah. Yeah. Like it was it's a three four. There are stars at all three levels of that defense, by the way. And we saw in twenty eighteen when he when he's in a defense like that, you know, he's another star himself. Here he needed to be like the superest of superstars. Did he not? And the Bears just yeah. weren't ready to pay him. Well, I think that's my co- my counter is like, well, would he have been worth that money for the Bears if they had added those type of players on the D-line that he didn't have in front of them and all around them? And part of me still is just like, wishes we had been able to see Roquan play next to Jack Sanborn. And yeah. that never happened because they didn't move Sanborn in there until Roquan left. And that I still think, sort of seems like a miss to me. I think that Ryan Poles, especially when it comes to roster construction, said something very important today, like how he values premium positions in terms of what he's building. You got the passer, pass rushers, pass protectors, pass defenders and cornerbacks. I know I'm using the word pass a little bit, but quarterbacks, pass rushers, offensive tackles, cornerbacks, and then receivers. He doesn't sound like a GM in his first year who was ready to pay record-setting money money to an off-ball linebacker. Just wasn't. And and I'm guessing on his end, he'd also go, well, yeah, Jack Sanborn's a reason why you don't need to pay $100 million. Yeah. We can go find another Jack Sanborn uh, this year. Now that I think about it, I don't think Sanborn's name came up during the press conference. Did not. He was actually hit a cast on his left foot. He was wheeling around the locker room on Monday. Did you see that? Hmm. Looks like some surgery happened. So he had the. Uh, well, that's interesting because Flu said he'd probably come back if it had been earlier in the season. Huh. Maybe they saw something else. Yeah, maybe. Um, so both of those ankle injuries for Mooney and Sanborn turned out to be kind of bigger deals, I guess. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us today. Um, good wrap-up of the press conference, though. Glad we can get this out there. We are going to be back Thursday, of course. Special guest. Should we tease who the guest is? Go ahead. Our guy, your guy, Nate Tice. Jumping Justin on with Fields us once Justin Fields' guy. Or a guy Fields. for Justin Fields. Yes. President of the Justin Fields fan club. Um Look, he's evaluated these quarterbacks this year. He obviously is always good on Justin Fields. You've probably heard him on past episodes. Uh, and if you hadn't, haven't, you're going to watch Tune In anyway because it's awesome. So uh, we'll have Nate with us on Thursday as we check in with him on the quarterback situation once again. We'll look ahead to the playoffs a little bit as well this weekend. Should be a fun weekend with six playoff games. 
Uh, in the meantime, follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, at Adam Johns. You can read us on the Athletic, read Johnsy on the Athletic, at least theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns. You can read me at allchgo.com. And um, yeah, we'll talk to you on Thursday. Merch up, obviousshirts.com as well. And um, looking forward to talking to Nate later in the week. Talk to you then. See ya. To get better.